Hi, this is Lauren from Discovery Church. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. We hope that you find value and that is very impactful to your life today. Have a great one. We have been in a series called Make Room, and today we're closing out the series. When Jesus died and rose again 2,000 years ago, he closed the chapter on the law. The law we read quite extensively about in the Old Testament, and the law consisted of these rules of, I must do this, or I can't do these things, or I have to sacrifice these animals to access God. I just finished reading Leviticus and Numbers, where that's where a lot of the law is laid out, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, way, way back, and there's lots of do's and don'ts, and I must do this, or if I don't do this, I'm condemned, and But Jesus came, and when he came, and when he died, and when he rose three days later, grace entered for everyone. The law was abolished. See, he stood in our place and paid the price for our sins. He came to be the savior of the world. He came to be our savior. And there's no longer a list of do's and don'ts, but rather a free gift of salvation. See, one time we had to do all these things. And honestly, it was so frustrating reading through Leviticus and and now into Numbers and reading all these things that humans had to do in order to access God because I'm like, I'm never going to be able to keep all these lists of rules. But Romans 10.9 says this, is that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised from the dead, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus closed the book on the law and opened the book of grace. And I'm so thankful. Like I said, man, I can't imagine what it would have been like to live way back there having to follow all these rules. I want to thank Jesus for making a way so I can have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for making room for grace to flow into our lives. And over the past four weeks, we have been talking about making room. And much of the series has been inspired by a book called Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. And a few of us hung out on Zoom last Sunday night discussing the book. But he starts off this book with this question. He says, when was the last time you felt carefree? When was the last time you felt carefree? Can you remember? Probably not. It's kind of like, how can I feel carefree when there's so much happening? There's so much chaos. You know, there's so much fighting for the space in our lives that it's really hard to make room for what really matters. And specifically at this time in history, there's so much noise and distraction that it is hard to make room for God, the thing that matters most. We have talked about, specifically last week, fighting the distractions. Because God's only going to fill up the space that we make available to him. And we're living in a distracted world. And, and then the very first week we talked about that the goal of this Christian journey is union with God. And if you remember, you know, you, we put our hands together. It's not around him, beside him. It is union with God. Graft it together. God in us and us in God. There's no me without him and there's no him without me. It's just we're in union with him. And this is where our strength and life transformation comes from. A verse that we've used a few times 
throughout the series is John 10.10. Actually, this is a verse that we often refer to at Discovery Church, is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan comes to steal your purpose, to kill your purpose, to kill your meaning, to destroy you. But Jesus doesn't allow us to stay in that for very long when he says that I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And a full life doesn't mean a busy life. As we've been in a series to make room, a full life means a purposeful life. See, God wants us to live on purpose. And a life of purpose is living in such a way that impacts eternity. A life of purpose is living in such a way that impacts eternity. So as we close out this series today, I wanted to take the title of the book that says, Get Your Life Back, and change one word in there. And I want to talk today a message that I've titled, Give Your Life Back. Kind of like, what? We've just spent four weeks saying, getting our lives back and making room. Now you're saying, give your life back? Because the reason that we need to make room for God and get our lives back is because as Christians, we're not called to live for ourselves as we talked about last week, but to give our lives to Christ to accomplish his, his mission here on earth, to live in such a way that our lives impact eternity. So we have the choice to give our lives back. Matthew 16, 24, which is our main passage for day, today. 16, 24 to 26. Jesus says it like this. If any one of you wants to be my follower, he must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross. It's Easter. We're going to talk about the cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? We've been talking a lot about soul in this series. Is anything worth more than your soul? It's Easter Sunday. The cross in which Jesus died on holds so much significance for Christians. Without the power of the cross, there is no free forgiveness for our sins. The law would still exist and we would have to do all these do's and don'ts and we must go here or we can't touch this or we can do these things and the law would be the way that we would access God. But the cross brought grace and freedom the cross is significant for us to know God. It's significant for us to find freedom. It's significant for us to discover purpose. And it's, it's significant for us to make a difference. And although the cross is a symbol of life in, in, in our world today, that Jesus died on a cross so we may have life and life to the full. The cross is a symbol of life for us. But when Jesus died, the cross was not a symbol of life. The cross was actually an execution chamber. It was kind of like the equivalent of an electric chair. 
It's where criminals hung to die. The cross was not a pleasant place. So when Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 16, you must take up your cross and follow me. I can't can't imagine what was going through the disciples' heads. The cross, a place that criminals died. Jesus wasn't there yet, so they had no understanding of of Jesus going to the cross to be the ultimate sacrifice for humanity's sins. But when Jesus says, you must take up your cross and follow me, I wonder if the disciples were scratching their heads kind of saying, Jesus, you're telling us we have to become criminals? That doesn't seem logical. That goes against everything we've learned up to this point. But what Jesus is saying is that we must be willing to die to self to follow him. That if we really want to get our lives back, we must give our lives for the one who is the giver of life. If we want to live life to the full, we have to be willing to give our lives for the mission of Jesus. See, we can live trying to gain the whole world as, as, you know, what good is it to gain the whole world? Or we can live for the one who died for the world. And if you're watching today or you're listening via podcast and you've made a decision to become a Christian, to give your life to Christ, Jesus says, follow me, pick up your cross, deny yourself. It's not about you anymore. If you've taken up the name Christian, this life that we are blessed with, is not yours. And if we want to get our lives back, we ultimately have to give our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because when we give our lives, when we surrender our lives, when we lay down our lives, guess what? Jesus trades it for his life and his purpose. And that's what it means to live life to the full. It's the greatest trade ever. You know, it's, it's it, that, that trade of picking, uh, having Jesus' life in place of ours is even better than, you know, trading a Wayne Gretzky card for my rookie card. I don't even have a rookie card, but that's a point proven. This is the greatest trade in history to give up our lives to take Jesus' life on. And if we're truly going to get our lives back, we're going to have to give our lives for something greater than us. And Jesus today is asking us, will we trade our life for his? And if we say yes, if we say yes to Jesus, if we have said yes to Jesus at the end of our time together, you're going to have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus again. And if you make the decision to say, I'm saying yes to Jesus, it means that we have to take up our cross daily, take up Deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. 
Now, does, does Jesus mean a literal cross? I don't think so. I don't think he's asking us to go out into our sheds, into our garages, and go to Home Depot and buy huge pieces of lumber and build a cross and carry it around. I've seen people in cities walking through streets doing that, and that ain't going to be me. I don't think that's what Jesus is asking us to do here, to pick up a literal cross. But this is what a cross represents. A cross represents trusting God's will, God's way, and surrendering ours. Isaiah 50 5 puts it like this, is for, for my thoughts, this is God saying, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Jesus modeled this in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he's to be taken off to be crucified, to be tried. And he's spending some time with his father. And he says this to God. He says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering, speaking about his crucifixion, speaking about what's going to happen, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus is he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's having a conversation. He's in agony, praying to God, saying, if there's any way that this can be removed, if there's any way that this cannot take place, would you allow it? But if not, if this is the only way that you can see this, for this to happen, let it be done. See, there are crosses that God is asking us to carry today. And our response to God needs to be, let your will be done. See, taking up a cross is not a piece of wood. But taking up a cross is laying down our preferences and laying down our right, rights according to God's will, not ours. See, when we give our lives to Christ, we lay down our rights and we pick up a cross and saying, it's not about me anymore. So in light of the crosses that God asks us to carry, so his mission here on earth will be accomplished through us. I want to spend just the next few minutes highlighting three truths about crosses. So when we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we are aware of what that means. So here's three truths about crosses. The first one is this, that crosses are heavy. Crosses are heavy. I remember thinking as a kid, that becoming a Christian should make life easy. You know, you give your life to Christ, everything should be smooth sailing. After all, if God's a good father and he cares for me, then, then wouldn't he just want life to be easy? And for those that have been following Jesus for a while, you know that's not true. Christianity is not about 
being easy. And nowhere in the Bible, I'm not sure where I, I thought that, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Actually, more often than not, the Bible tells us the complete opposite. It says that your life will face many trials and you'll be persecuted for your faith and people will hate you, but when they hate you, be sure to pray for them or turn the other cheek. Somewhere along the way, we've mixed up the peace that surpasses all understanding with life will be peaceful and pleasant. And that's not the case, that in the chaos of life, there is peace that surpasses, but that doesn't mean that chaos won't happen. See, North American Christians, North American Christianity, to be specific, for years have taught that following Jesus makes life easy. Kind of, it gets you out of a health free card and that Jesus will make everything better and you won't have any struggles in life and the world will just be glamorous and peachy and a bed of roses. And although I believe that there's no better way than to live a life with Jesus Christ in, our, in my heart, the gospel does not say that it's easy. When he says pick up your cross, there's nothing about a cross that is easy. He asked, Jesus asked us to lay down our rights, to love everyone no matter what, to give sacrificially, to bring peace into every room you enter, to leave everything and follow him. Doesn't sound easy to me. The crosses that we carry will be heavy. For many, the cross is just something that we hang around our neck as a fashion statement and never really comprehend the weight of it. But the truth about carrying your cross and following Jesus is that the cross is heavy. It is weighty, it is hard. Not every day will be great. But here's the really cool thing. It's even though the cross is heavy, Jesus says in Matthew eleven eighteen, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. And we've used this scripture a few times in this series as well. And I will give you rest. See, often the crosses that Jesus asks us to carry is a test to build our faith, to build you. See, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And the crosses that he asks us to carry are building towards that purpose in our future. Second one is this, crosses aren't meant to be carried alone. Jesus was beaten, spat at. The Roman soldiers made him, if you could believe it, they, they whipped him until his organs were probably showing and he was bloody and his, his legs were beaten and bruised and the Roman soldiers after all that put a cross on his shoulders and said you, you must carry it to the place where you are going to be crucified where you're going to be executed to Calvary and on the way to Calvary 
Jesus was beaten so badly that the weight of the cross was impossible for him to carry. And in Luke 23, we read about a guy by the name of Simon who who God provided someone to carry the cross for him. Simon carried the cross for Jesus. Here's the thing about crosses. So they weren't meant to be carried alone. Some of us are carrying crosses alone. Some of our burdens, our hurts, our pains, and they're heavy. You know, and many of those things God is using to build our faith and build our character and make us who we, who we are and, and ought to be. And we've, and we've prayed, God, you know what? I, I trust you and you, I, I really rather you take this stuff away, but if it's got to be this way, thy will be done. And you've been carrying the cross because God is saying, hey, this is what needs to happen in your life to build strength and to build your purpose. But God is not saying carry it alone. Jesus didn't carry his cross alone. Why are we carrying our crosses alone? Sometimes we have higher expectations on ourselves than Jesus Jesus even had on himself. See, in our pain and struggles, carrying it alone is not what God wants. It's time, church, friends, family, to let others into your life. We say it often at Discovery Church, you have to be a Christian for yourself, but you cannot be a Christian by yourself. It's time to let other people in. That's why we, you know, we're in the process of launching freedom groups in our church because we're, we have lots of hurts and pains and disappointments and crosses that we're carrying that we can get in a group of people and we can lift each other up for two or stronger than one. Would you plan even today, would you get, plan to be in a group? They're starting in May. Would you just say, God, you know what? I've been carrying some hurts and burdens and, and weights and, and, and for way too long. I'm, I'm going to enter into relationships with other people where they're going to help me carry my cross. I'm going to help them carry theirs. And some of us right now are saying, you know what? Pastor Lorne, I'm all good. Like I've dealt with all this stuff and you know, life is, 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 is going pretty smoothly right now. Well, in a little while, it won't be going smoothly anymore because life is a roller coaster. But here's the thing. Maybe, maybe um, you're called to help carry somebody's cross. Maybe you're the assignment to somebody in our church today. Would you be willing to get into a freedom group even if you don't feel like you need it? Get in a freedom group. Help carry somebody else's burdens. Crosses are heavy crosses are not meant to be carried alone and then three crosses have great reward jesus died on a cross he died on a cross he gave his life for us and what happened through him through jesus god accomplishes 
what he's been working on for thousands of years. A way for humanity to have an unhindered relationship with him. A way for you and for me, for, for like mankind, for everybody, for God to love the world, for everybody to have an unhindered relationship with him. It was through Jesus' death on the cross that we're able to be sons and daughters. The cross has great rewards and we're rewarded with eternal life because of the cross. See, when we deny ourselves and take up the cross, we get to be a part of that same reward for other people. See, when we submit to God's will, when we lay down our rights, when we give our lives and allow Jesus to replace it with his life, we will be a part of seeing people come to know God through us. See, if we're willing to carry our crosses daily, lay it all down, and follow Jesus, that is the way that we will outlive our time here on earth. And although Christian living, there, there are rewards here on earth, we don't give our lives to Christ for rewards here on earth. Our reward is in eternity. We get to be a part of what God is doing here on earth bringing hope to a world that is hopeless, bringing life to those who are dying, bringing light to a world that is dark. So today, the choice is ours. Are we going to give our lives back, give your life back to the one who gives his life so we can have life and life to the full? If so, if the answer is yes, we have to surrender our will, our rights, our ways, take up whatever cross, even though it might be heavy and at times feel overwhelming, but at the end, there is a reward that will live for eternity. So if you say yes to carrying the crosses, no matter what, Lord, let your will be done. Would you repeat this prayer after me? It could be in your, you could say it out loud or in your mind. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today I make the decision carry your cross. I surrender my will to your will. Today, help me live in such a way that impacts eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen. For some of you watching today or listening, 
you might have prayed that prayer for the very first time. You're saying yes to Jesus. And you know that it's, it's the greatest decision that you could ever make, but it's not an easy one. Life doesn't necessarily just get easier. It just, there is peace in the storm. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. If you made that decision today to give your life to Christ for the very first time, would you click the link in the comment section? Would you let our teams know we want to be praying for you? We want to reach out to you. We want to get you the next steps and what it is to journey together. Discovery Church, have an amazing week. Have an amazing day. Happy Easter. And if